This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with Robin Lundberg, and this is the weekend edition of the Busted Open Podcast. We break down everything we heard from that CM Punk promo that took place on SmackDown. And what's the status of Charlotte Flair after it looked like she suffered an injury in her match against Asuka? You won't want to miss it. I feel like we finally got the CM Punk promo that we were waiting for, that we wanted that night on Monday Night Raw when he first had the first chance to do so. And CM Punk pretty much kicked off this promo alluding to that and saying that people did not like the happy version of him. And he said, I'm going to spice it up. And he surely did. In this promo, we got mentions of Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Kevin Owens, finishing his story, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. He even threw a shot at AEW for the whole incident with Jack Perry and, and, and just everything that went down with that, with this, with the, hey, would anybody want to work with somebody who's just going to punch somebody in the face? It's 2023 and that's insane to do. Um, Wow, there was a lot here. Robin, for you, Comparing this one to the Raw promo and what we got last night, how did you feel about CM Punk's SmackDown promo? Oh, that promo was heat. That promo was heat. It's everything that CM Punk is and is going to be for WWE, which is when he has that microphone, you're not sure exactly what he's going to say, right? There's a level of unpredictability about him that is really, I think, ultimately what makes him special, that edge, where... Yeah, you know he's going to keep it coherent. He's going to keep it cohesive. He's going to build to what he's getting to. But there's going to be a little bit of that reality peppered in. There's going to be a little bit of the, the thing he might say that makes you go, whoo, peppered in. I mean, this goes back to the pipe bomb promo, right? Which was all based on the stuff that was actually going on. But he kind of tried to pull the curtain a little bit. And you know how excited fans get when that happens. In this instance, he basically dissed and put over the entire roster at the same time. And there were a few standout moments to me. I mean, not only was it, I mean, it, it put the, the, the Raw promo into the dirt, but a few standout moments. One was what he said about Seth Rollins. We all know about that, that feud that's coming, but there was a particular line where he said, all he's got is that song, when the crowd was singing it. And that's, I, I got to be honest with you, a thought I've had, you know, is, is <laughs> Seth song moreover than Seth is you know it's a real criticism Robin yeah yeah for sure there's so there's some truth there you know and that's the kind of one that like you know that might have hit that might that one might have registered um and and it continues to build to that feud which we all know is something that they're working towards and working together on but is based a little bit in reality and then the other thing which we've touched on already and you you heard it coming in the finish the storyline the amount of intrigue that that adds business has just picked up because cm punk is going for wrestlemania main event does that mean he's going for seth rollins the main event or does it mean he's going for roman reigns who he also called out by name and said you know the guy who isn't here I acknowledge my tribal chief. So that the, I mean, he set a bomb off. He set another pipe bomb off 
in a sense, where the, the build to WrestleMania, as, as you mentioned before, has just gotten so much more intriguing, it, it's hard to put into words, promo of the year. It, it definitely was like this one, I think felt more, it, it felt like it, it accomplished two things. One, it put over, like you said, it put over the product in the sense that a lot of guys are put over, but also dissed, but it just put over the product in the sense that it made you get excited about things. And the other thing was that it felt more uh, natural, I think, versus the first one that we got with that. I'm home and I'm changed and I'm like, where are we going? Like, what is this? Like, I think I understand it. I think I know where we're trying to get to with this promo. And this one here, I think just felt more natural in a way where it's like, okay, you're in a new environment now. You're in WWE, but a lot has changed since the last time you were here. So him kind of talking about Paul Heyman and Kevin Owens and Cody and Seth and all of these people was really freaking cool. I mean, he even made a mention of LA Knight. And I think that the way he sort of ran down down everything was a thing that people were sort of eating out of the palm of his hands, right? Because he mentions one guy and everybody's like, oh, here we go. He mentions another guy and you're like, okay, here it is. And I think that was what kind of really made this promo. Uh, I do want to ask you about your reaction when he said that line about punching people in the face and he says that, uh, he says, quote, I don't know who would feel comfortable working with somebody who randomly just punches people in the face. I mean, it's 2023. You just can't be doing stuff like that. That's insane. You know, the most fascinating thing to me is that may have gotten the least reaction out of almost right? everything he said. You know, so it shows there are people who are dialed in and there are people who might not be that dialed in. And he's already passed it. To me, that shows he's already past the AEW era because he's getting bigger pops for letting the crowd finish with everybody saying L.A. Knight. Yeah, the finish, the story, the Seth Rollins, the Roman Reigns, the so on and so forth. Like all of that seemed to, to pop the crowd more. So he's already into his WWE era. I mean, I think everybody was waiting for him to address that in some way, shape or form. And it was a little surprising he didn't at all. On Raw, so people wondered, did WWE not want him to mention AEW because they wanted to, to continue to look like, you know, a, a lesser company or is there an NDA or whatever the, the case may be. I, I think that might be the end of, of his AEW mentions. And, and another thing, Denise, that stands out to me about CM Punk since his, his return, it's hard to, to describe it um, exactly, but maybe that's why he did the first promo the way he did. He looks happy, right? He looks kind of happy and healthy. I don't know if it's just the haircut and the haircut did a lot. I don't even know what it looks like, but he looks like he's been he working look out. Good. He looks fresh. He looks fresh. Yeah, he, yes. he, he's slimmed down. And just even the looks on his face and, and behind his eyes, you could tell. Maybe it's from realizing, you know, in life, sometimes you get older and you go through experiences and, and CM Punk from 10 years ago, the frustrations that he may have had, he realizes in the grand scheme of things, having lived a life and having gone through a career arc, you know, there was a lot of good things about where he was when he was in WWE because I, I, I sense some sincerity. Maybe it's because his career was on the line, but I sense some sincerity when he says, I'm home and that he's happy to be there and that he's ready to try and, and put on his best work because I think he has a chance here for a Shawn Michaels-like second act. Remember, when Shawn Michaels had his injury and, but when he left at first, it wasn't on the best of terms. The, people were wondering how the, the end of the, the Stone Cold Michaels match would go with Sean losing his top spot. And, and of course, the reputation Sean had backstage. 
versus the Sean who came back later as like a, a bit of an elder statesman for another run that arguably was better than his first run. I mean, it gave us those classics with The Undertaker and Kurt Angle and all, all these great matches that, that Shawn Michaels had. I wonder, you know, if, if CM Punk can have that similar sort of arc where he comes back, he's learned his lessons, if you will. He keeps that same energy that made him popular, but with a little bit more maturity. I think so too. And there's kind of a lot to touch on there, but I'll start with the part about how he looks because throughout the last couple of years, uh, you, myself, all the listeners, everybody here who's been following what CM Punk has doing specifically in AEW, you've seen such different versions of, a of, of CM Punk. We saw CM Punk back in pro wrestling with this like relief on his look on his face that there was another promotion out there where he can have a second go at uh you know his pro wrestling career right then we saw him fall back in love with pro wrestling i sat through all of these scrums where he was out there you know crying getting emotional because of what he just did out there and you really saw him fall back in love with pro wrestling and then the infamous, you know, uh, all-out media scrum that led to the all-out brawl, right? To the brawl out. And it was this totally different person than we had ever seen before. He was angry. He was pissed. But uh, sitting there watching that, where however it is that you consume this, I think a lot of people uh, with all of, even though there was a lot of, you know, trash talking towards CM Punk for that, I do think that a lot of people honestly felt his frustrations because there was a lot of things where I'm like, yeah, I would get why somebody would be frustrated in that situation. And so you saw that and then you see him return. Uh, he's there in collision. He's doing his thing there. And it kind of seems like he's on an island of his own in AEW, that latter portion. It was still CM Punk, but he was on an island of his own and whoever was on collision that those were the people that were on his island and then when you know things went down at all in it was unfortunate because i love seeing cm punk perform at a stage like that seeing him perform at wembley stadium was phenomenal it was so freaking cool you know at, at that time we still didn't really know what was happening we didn't know all of the details of everything that had occurred with jack perry of course everything was revealed very quickly thereafter and so then now you know cm punk's gone and there was so much hatred towards him um, from people on the internet from that end of, you know, when he got uh, uh, when he got let go by AEW to when he finally came back to the WWE. And I remember being in the crowd, Robin, when Tony Khan was talking about how he felt his life was in danger with CM Punk there. And I had never been in an audience where people were booing Tony Khan for this. And keep in mind, obviously, we were in Chicago and it was just like there was so much like happening at that time. It, it was freaking crazy. And during after that, I really thought, oh, my God, I don't know if we're ever going to see CM Punk again. Remember those quotes that came out from Nick Khan where they were like, oh, yeah, we're not interested right now. We wish Phil the best of luck. And I'm thinking, damn, did what happened at AEW screw things up for him just like permanently? Of course, we know all of the history with him and WWE. So it felt like there was never going to be that chance of him coming back. So I thought for a good period of time that that was it, that CM Punk was done in pro wrestling 
again. Like, I seriously thought that. When he came at Survivor Series with the fresh white little t-shirt, the jeans, the little haircut that you were talking about, I'm like, who is this man? He looks different. We just saw him a couple months ago, and the man looks different. How did this happen? And so, yeah, I do think that it is this thing where – um you know, he he looks different. And I think that's uh, I, I hope that's a, a a testament to how he's probably doing mentally, because, Robin, when you feel like the whole world is against you, that's going to weigh down on you no matter who you are. Right. Yeah, no, no, no question. And, and you, you know, when you get a new lease on life and, and you feel like you can take advantage of it, uh, you want to put everything you've got into it. And look, CM Punk came out and we all saw the way people reacted. We all saw how, you know, you and I, I'm sure, reacted. The, the fans in Chicago reacted. There's no way he's not feeling that energy, and there's no way the company is not feeling that energy. That's the reason they brought him back in the first place, if we're being real about it, right, that he's a draw. That, that's it. That's all that really matters in this business more than anything else. We could talk about backstage politics. We could talk about work rate and five-star matches. We could talk about all these different things. What ultimately matters do you put butts in seats are you a draw or are you you selling merch are people talking about you and the answer with cm punk is in the affirmative and that's why he's back in wwe and he's also getting the benefits of being back in wwe because look taking nothing away from his aew run i think his return or his uh debut there is probably still the biggest moment in the history of that company this is a different level of stage when you're getting to, to WrestleMania and what we're talking about. And one thing I, I find kind of um, intriguing is we're, we've discussed already Cody and CM Punk a lot. It's a credit to what AEW has done in a short period of time that those guys in some ways became you know the, the top dogs over there. Especially I think Cody really grew his career over there. Obviously CM Punk is the biggest name they've ever had. Um, and then I don't know what it says for the state of that company now that those two guys are in the WrestleMania main event picture as perhaps the, the biggest needle movers um, other than, than, you know, Roman, who we know is just going to be there, though. There's no, there's no palace intrigue about Roman's position. He's there. These two guys are jockeying for position, and, and it's almost a full circle of the entire industry. It is. It certainly is. Uh, there was another thing that I did want to mention from what you had said earlier, and that was that the the line about the punching people in the face, getting the least reaction. I think in that moment, I really fully realized the difference between WWE and AEW audiences. Uh, I think that the AEW audience is probably just a little bit more in tune with like the social media politics of things and what's making the news sites and stuff like that. And I think that was a little bit more uh, indicative from what we saw, because I think all of us were sort of waiting for this like reaction. I think even CM Punk himself was waiting for this reaction and it didn't happen. So I'm glad that it was put out there that we got our little or I'm going to say like people like me who like want to hear this stuff, the Twitter people, whatever, the people that want to hear those types of stuff, like throwing shots at each other. Um, we got what we wanted. I don't think it, there's a place for it anymore. Uh, only because it's clear that the audience is there. Like they were just like, ah, eh, whatever, whatever he's talking about. Cool. Thumbs up. Right. There wasn't this additional, Oh my God aspect to it. So uh, it's wild to think about that, but it is kind of, uh, you know, I think it just shows how different 
you know, how how different pro wrestling is. And when people say that, you know, social media or that Twitter is just its own world, I don't necessarily fully believe that. But I do think that sometimes Twitter and the majority opinion on Twitter probably isn't everything. Well, you know, AEW marketed itself to hardcore wrestling fans like that's and, and successfully, you know, off the jump that I think that was uh, very wise how they did that, how they positioned themselves off the jump as the hardcore wrestling fans company, sort of the anti-WWE in a way. Now, I think at the same time, that has become their challenge. How do you grow out of that and bring more people into the umbrella? And, and that there's two sides of that coin. Now, in, in this specific instance, there's also the fact it was a tribute to the Troop Show, so the, the audience makeup may have been a little bit different. But I, I, again, I'll, I'll reference my kids, for, for instance. My kids have no idea about any of this stuff and they're big <laughs> WWE fans, right? Like that's part of WWE's audience. It's a big, huge mainstream audience. So a, a lot of them are going to want to hear about the other people in WWE that they know that they think CM Punk can go against. And for some of them, CM Punk was just gone and back. There was no in between, right? <laughs> it's true though. It's true because I, you know, I, it's not like I, like I've been to so many of these events and, and it is a different makeup of, you know, different types of fans. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of it. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, the NFL Roadshow will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my SiriusXM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Well, it seems as though Charlotte Flair was helped out out of, out of the ring after suffering an apparent left knee injury uh, during the match with Asuka on the show. And she was basically being helped out afterwards. I do not know exactly like what moments this happened in. There are some speculation as to it may have occurred during a moonsault spot and then another spot during the commercial break in which her leg was caught up in the rope. So it's not exactly sure which one it is, but those are two of the spots that people on social media have pointed out may have been the moments where it actually happened. Uh, this is unfortunate because you do not want Charlotte Flair to be taken out with any sort of knee injury. As we know, you know, torn ACLs. I mean, that happens all the time throughout sports. Uh, so hopefully this is nothing to that nature, but I, I don't know. I don't know. What'd you think of this? Well, look, I mean, first is you, you hope Charlotte Flair is okay. That that's obviously always the, the first thought with, with a moment like this. I, I went back and watched some of the highlights on um, the rope spot. There's, there's a part of me that saw that maybe there was an impact there. And that would be a good thing, by the way, if it was an impact injury of some sort is always better than a non-contact injury. When you're talking about the lower extremities and the knees, because if her knee, let's say banged off of Oscar, uh, then it could be a contusion and just really hurt really bad, but but heal up. If it was a twisting or a, a movement that was unnatural, that's when you, you start to get the, the ligaments involved and you get really concerned. You, you mentioned an ACL or whatever, you know, MCL, ACL, any of the CLs are, are, no, are no good as far as possibly being put on the shelf. And I think nobody wants to see that with Charlotte Flair ahead of WrestleMania season. Look, Charlotte has already been there and done that. So no matter what happens... It's not a blemish for her. It's not going to knock her back, but it is going to take away from all of us because of all the, the possibilities. I mean, 
One of the things that if you had gone back, you know, some of this stuff, there, there's parallels. We, we Stone Cold Steve Austin has been brought up a lot today, right, because of CM Punk. And, and CM Punk may be the most uh, closest parallel to, to Stone Cold Steve Austin. But back in, in Stone Cold Steve Austin's heyday, in the Attitude Era heyday, the, the women's division or, or women's wrestling was nowhere near what it is now, particularly in, in WWE. I mean, uh, when I was growing up, no offense to any of these ladies. I mean, obviously, there, there's what happened with, with Sonny. We've, we've all seen that. But it was Sonny and, and Sable, and they were basically like pinup posters for, for young boys in, in some ways. Since then, a lot has changed. And what, what I find to be really amazing about the WWE product right now is that when you see the women's matches being elevated to a certain level, that's not, you know, a quota. That's not, oh, you know, we have to make sure to appear good that the women are put on equal footing as the men. No, the women are on equal footing with the men. You know, there are main event talent. I mean, Rhea Ripley's about as hot as anybody in the business right now. Bianca Belair has, has you know, proven herself to be a star. We're wondering what's going to happen with Jade Cargill. When is she going to make her debut? Bailey's story is great within that mix of damage control, which is about as hot as anything they've got going on, including Asuka and Io Sky. And then, of course, there's the, the queen, Charlotte Flair, and the man, Becky Lynch, sort of the elder stateswomen, if you will. But you, you throw all that in, there's so many different possibilities about where they could go, who could face who, what could happen at WrestleMania, and you don't want to take Charlotte off the board there, who's you know, fresh off of a WrestleMania match with Rhea Ripley last year that may have been the best one on the card. Um, and, and fresh off of a, a great performance in the um, uh, War Games match. I mean, my daughter, Ronnie, re- reviewed that War Games match. I had her, we watched it together. We watched it the, the next day because we were at a party. Um, let me see if I can find her review. She, like, was so compelled. She watched it again, but she was so compelled to, to get out a piece of paper and a, a, a pencil and she wrote the WWE Women's War Games match. This is how it starts. Bianca Belair's team starts to enter the cage. Becky Lynch starts the match for her team. The match was fire. It was five stars. The match was awesome. I cannot tell you how much fire that women's match was. I hope you will start to be a fan of WWE. That was, you know, the, the impact that these women ha- have had. And, and Charlotte Flair was a big, because her, you know, as much as the uh, uh, EO Sky trash can spot was shared, I thought the moonsault, Spot was, was unbelievable there, too. So uh, that's just a long way of me saying I hope Charlotte Flair gets healthy because, you know, WWE wrestling is a better place with her in it. I love it. Your daughter's already handing out five-star matches. <laughs> <laughs> She's on her way, man. She's on her way. That's freaking awesome. But it is those things, though. Like, And it's funny because it's those moments that in her life – are going to be the things that like if you know in a few years from now she's still a pro wrestling fan it's going to be because of moments like that what she saw in that women's war games is what's going to carry you know carry forward but you know when it comes to like yeah you mentioned that moonsault spot from charlotte off the war game spot i know everybody was talking about uh eo's trash can bin spot but uh yeah i mean dude doing a freaking moonsault off the top of the cage is freaking crazy you know uh it, it was phenomenal but uh, I do hope that Charlotte is not injured in 
of course, you know, I felt like she was gone for such a long time. Remember that period not too long ago where she was gone for God, I don't remember how long, but it was a long time. And then, you know, she finally came back. Of course, that match with Rhea Ripley was phenomenal. I agree. But I, I really hope that she's not uh, seriously injured. It would definitely be a shame because it's like, dang, WrestleMania season's coming up. Uh, of course, we want to know what Charlotte, what what plans there were in store for Charlotte. And who knows how they just kind of. Uh, the, the other thing that I should mention is that, of course, right now in SmackDown, we have damage control. We have Bianca Belair. We have Bailey. But we still need more women there to tell more stories. And so getting Charlotte out of the picture here on SmackDown, is technically not ideal because then you have a more slim SmackDown women's roster. And you don't want that. Like, you don't want that. You just don't. Yeah, and look, Charlotte, you know, against anybody's a money match. You Revolving door. Charlotte Becky's a money match. Charlotte Bianca's a money match. Charlotte Jade is a money match. So on and so forth. Because she's Charlotte. <laughs> she's, the, I mean, the greatest of all time. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.